Have you ever had this feeling? You're at a conference or workshop, big crowd around you, all the seats are full, and all of a sudden, you feel like the speaker is talking directly to you. That happened to realtor Tony Baroni six years ago this month. He was at a business seminar and heard something that caused one of those aha moments that can change your business. Tony was already running a really successful team in Central Florida. Then came this moment that he realized he had to do something different to take his real estate team to the next level. He had to hire ISAs, inside sales agents. Since then, his business has more than doubled. He's become a Homelight Elite agent. And over the next two episodes, Tony's gonna share exactly how he did it. From hiring to training, how they handle new and old leads, how to know if you're ready to hire ISAs yourself. All of that and more starts right now. This is The Walkthrough. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Walkthrough. My name is Matt McGee. I'm the editor of Homelight's Agent Resource Center. The Walkthrough is Homelight's weekly podcast. We have new episodes that come out every Monday. Click subscribe or click follow on Spotify. That way you get all future shows automatically. This is the show where you will learn what's working right now from the best real estate agents and industry experts in the country. At Homelight, we believe in real estate agents. We're on a journey to find out how great agents grow their business, stand out from the crowd, and become irreplaceable. If you want to get involved in the show, you want to get in touch with me, you can leave a voicemail or send a text. The number is 415-322-3328. Again, 415-322-3328. You can also send an email. It's walkthrough at homelight.com or just find me in our Facebook listener community. Go to Facebook, do a search, for home light walkthrough, and the group should come right up. There's only so much you can do. The more successful you are, the sooner you max out your production. Whether you're a solo agent or running a team, you have to decide, am I happy and satisfied with where I am, or do I want more? Do I want to sell more homes? Do I want to help more clients? Do I want to make more money? And by the way, there's no right or wrong answer. That's the beauty of being a self-employed business owner. You get to decide what's right for you. Today, you're going to meet Tony Baroni. He reached that point six years ago. His voicemail was full every day. His team was slammed with clients and leads. They weren't giving their clients a good experience. You know, essentially, I was just trying to survive every day. That's when Tony decided it was time to create an ISA department inside sales agents who would answer the phone and work with new leads, then decide which ones to pass on to one of the team's agents. It worked. Today, the Tony Baroni team is 18 people strong. That's uh, both agents and admins. They have offices in Tampa and Orlando, Florida, and they're so good at what they do, we invited them to the Homelight Elite program a few months ago. That means Tony and his team are among the top 1% of agents on Homelight's platform. Over the next two episodes, Tony's gonna share exactly how ISAs helped take his business to the next level. We're gonna talk about everything from hiring to training to paying ISAs to exactly how they operate inside a successful team, how they 
handle new leads, how they work with other agents. That's all coming up this week and next. And we're going to cover it all in order. So today, we start at the beginning. The moment those bells rang, that ding, ding, six years ago. So what happened? Take me back to 2015. Tell me where your business, what your business was like then and what happened to sort of get you on this, this, this path of saying, I need to start bringing some ISAs in. Yeah. So 2015, uh, it was January, actually, 2015. And uh, I, about every five years, I like to go to a Tony Robbins seminar. And I did uh, Unleash the Power back in 2010, did the fire walk, did the whole thing. Life changing for me at the time. Super cool. And really, my, my takeaway on that was after I walked on fire, bare feet, anyone familiar with that or has done that, you know, it's 1,100 degrees to 1,500 degrees barefoot. You walk on these coals, right, and literally walk on fire, and it doesn't burn your feet. And, and really, after you do that, you realize it's all mindset, right? Like what you set your mindset to essentially becomes your limitations, right? So, so fast forward five more years, I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready for another Tony Robbins seminar. So I went to Business Mastery. Um, with Tony Robbins down in South Florida. And uh, first moments I was in the room, you know, Tony was standing like right next to me because it's actually a very intimate setting. There's only maybe a thousand people at the most. And he walks around the whole time. He's standing right next to me. He's like, um, I think he was talking to me, man. He's like, if you're on your phone and trying to figure out how you're going to survive like the next five or six days with me, and you're worried about losing business, and you feel like you have to be on your email and text messaging the whole time, then just know you don't have a business. And I'm like, look up. I'm like, he's talking to me, right? He's, he's totally talking to me. And I was stressed, you know, trying to get out of town. And then I'm trying to do all this stuff. And then, and I had a good sized team already at that point, several people. And I just didn't have it like set up where I could ever have time off essentially. And I thought that was normal because I'm a realtor, right? And I'm like, I just need to be on all the time and just the way it goes. So he taught me at Business Mastery, my big takeaway of those that week was really, you know, you have to answer your phone and you need to get back to people immediately. And the stats were very simple, Matt. They were in the first five minutes, uh, if you answer your phone or you call someone back within five minutes, you have an 80% chance to do business with them. And if you wait till 10 minutes, it was, it went down to 5%. So I'm like, Oh my God. So after 10 minutes, essentially you're not going to get their business was my big takeaway. You already had a team at that point. So you have agents that are working for you. I assume you have admins that are working for you, a transaction coordinator. You have, you had to have somebody to answer the phone. So what was it in your head that said, all right, maybe the people Maybe the admin that I'm having answer my phone right now, maybe that's not going to be good enough. Yeah, because they were all they were always on the phone too. Because, you know, I had one at that point I had one admin and we were doing um, I think about 115 transactions a year. So, you know, she's pretty busy. Um, she was extremely busy handling about 80% of all the stuff, right? And so I realized it wasn't fair to her. And then my buyer's agents are all busy running appointments every day. 
So I'm like, I need to create a department that helps me answer the phone. And then they need to be even better than my agents are at it or myself and be able to answer questions, make sure they're comfortable, and then hopefully set an appointment so we can do business with, with them. So that's what we did. And I researched it and I found out there were some Keller Williams teams at the time that were doing inside sales and kind of coined the phrase ISAs for inside sales agents or inside sales associates, depending on who you're talking with. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. So I researched and figured out there was a handful of friends that I knew that some I did know, some I didn't know. And I called them and I just interviewed them and they gave me 30 minutes of their time. And I said, hey, tell me the good, the bad, the ugly about ISAs. What my questions always are, you know, if you wish you knew something right away that you would have known up front about ISAs, what would it have been? And questions like that. And they all told me uh, how they do it and they shared everything. I actually flew to Houston, Texas and met with the Loken Group um, with Keller Williams Realty out in uh, Houston, got on a plane and shadowed them all day. And my model actually turned into be a little more like theirs than anyone else's, um, very similar to theirs, and kind of made our own spin and put our own spin on it. But that's what we did. What was it specifically that you learned that made you say, all right, I need to do this and I need to do it now? Yeah, um, I think just you know, knowing that everything was going to be cared for, you know, we spend so much time and energy to get our phone to ring yet. So many agents don't answer their phone. Right. So how silly of a concept, right? You're spending thousands of dollars to get people to call you. Right. And then when they call you, you don't answer the phone. Um, So for me, it was, it was an absolute no brainer. And I just needed to find the right who and figure out, you know, kind of where to start. And probably one of my superpowers would be just getting things started. I'm not afraid to get things going and then make adjustments as I need to. And I think that's one of the fastest ways you can learn is you just get it going. You realize you don't have it perfect, but you go out and try to find the right model, right? Talk to the right people that's been there before you have and hopefully model it and do a little R&D uh, you know, repeat and duplicate and then put your own spin on it as well. And that's what I keep doing over and over again as we our, our uh, team grows and um, I try to not recreate the wheel. I want to ask you a little bit more in just a minute about that starting process and what you learned from it. But first, I know, I'm sure our listeners are wondering, okay, I heard Tony say that he was doing about 100, 115 units before all this. What happened let's say, what, the first year or two after you started bringing ISAs on? What was the impact on your business? Yeah, Matt, I mean, the first year we went from 115 to 150. Then we went from 150 to 200. Then we did 200. um, We went from 200 to 213. I'm sorry, 207. Then the next year, 213. The next year, 236. The next year, 212. And then that leads us up to this you know, this past year we did 307. Um, so, you know, it's, it's figuring out all the systems because what gets you to 150 and then gets you to 200 and then gets you to 250 and so on and so forth, all your stuff breaks along the way. Your systems have to change. You have to, you know, you have to make your systems better always. So it becomes, uh, becomes somewhat problematic. You have to change along with the times, but depending on the volume you're doing as well to just if you care about the customer experience, which obviously I do. There's an aha moment for so many of us. And for Tony Baroni, 
It was that Tony Robbins seminar in 2015 where he heard the statistics about speed to lead. Let me repeat those. If you reply to someone within five minutes, you have an 80% chance of doing business with them. If you wait more than 10 minutes, your chances of getting their business go down to 5%. Wow. So Tony decided ISAs were the solution to that speed to lead challenge. His team was slammed. They couldn't do any more than they were already doing. So they bring on ISAs and what an impact. His team was already successful. You heard 115 transactions the year before they added ISAs. Then they did 150 the first year with ISAs, 200 the year after that. And then Tony's team just surpassed 300 transactions in 2020. Now that you've heard why Tony decided to add ISAs and the impact it had on his business, let's get into the how. My first question on that topic was, where do you go to find great ISAs? I'm a strong believer, and I know this is not the magic pill people want to hear. It's probably going to be in your sphere. It's going to be your, your highest retention rate for someone that already knows your team and is an advocate and a raving fan. And that could be the past client, or it could be, which I've hired several of those along the way, or it could be a good friend of theirs where they're kind of endorsing you. Oh, you've got to talk to the Tony Baroni team. If you're thinking of going into real estate, there is nothing more powerful than that, that third-party endorsement from someone they already trust. So calling your database, you know, as well, I know we're talking to realtors here, so we all know realtors, you need to be calling your people daily, right? Do your lead generation. I believe in the morning is a great time to do it. And when you do, you're simply asking them, um, hey, Matt, how's it going? And, you know, you're, you're small talking. And then you're just saying, hey, Matt, um, can, I, can I ask you a favor? Sure, go ahead. You know, one thing about our company right now, we're growing super fast, right? So would you keep an eye out for me for the right type of person? I'm actually hiring for an inside sales associate. This person that we're looking for is going to be super caring. They're going to love to be on the phone. They're going to love to... Um, they're going to love to not necessarily be the shining star, but necessarily they probably are because it's that important on our team. So whatever you want to say, you know, you, you kind of serve up the, the job description. You ask that person, hey, if you know someone like that, um, would you let me know? And they'll say, well, yeah, sure. I'll let you know. Do you know anyone right now? No. Hey, another thing, Matt, I, want, I don't want you to think of anyone with a job. I'm asking anyone that you think would fit that profile perfectly, because most likely they already have a job, but we want to bring them onto our our team and and offer this career to them. Sphere is one of the places that did you like put and put ads out on social media? Did you, you know, anything, anything like that? Social media. I mean, one, one mantra we are always saying we're always hiring as a team, you know, so we're, we're constantly putting that out there. So um, a lot of people do think of us when they think of real estate because we are hiring. Um, so we're able to talk to a lot of people. And then you've got websites like uh, ZipRecruiter, um, Indeed. Um, you've got Facebook ads. You've got um, um, LinkedIn, you know, all, the, all these things. Um, but we, we focused on mainly uh, ZipRecruiter at one point and we've switched to mainly Indeed. Homelight gives top real estate agents a platform to showcase their skills and experience. 
and you can claim and set up your profile in less than 15 minutes. And unlike most referral platforms, we don't charge any upfront fees. We only ask for a 25% broker-to-broker fee once you close the deal. Our agent matching algorithm connects experienced agents with qualified referrals who are serious about buying or selling. Claim your profile today by visiting homelight.com agents. Now, you mentioned things like, you know, somebody that that doesn't necessarily need to be the star, somebody that loves to be on the phone. You mentioned this profile. Tell me what skills are you looking for when you hire an ISA? Yeah, what skills? Um, they, they definitely need to be organized. They, they, have, they need to have a good phone voice, quite honestly. Um, you want that voice to be inviting, you know, um, you want them to be able, be able to build trust on the phone and rapport, which is not everyone. That's actually harder to do now than probably ever. Also, they need to be really good at texting too, because texting's really important for a lot of leads. You know, you're, I think in five years ago, we'd say call everyone back. And now what I do, which is a great tip for people, hey guys, it's, hey, it's Tony Baroni. I'm going to be calling you here shortly, returning your call. So I just wanted you to know it's me and then I'll, I'll wait a minute or two and then call. And my success rate goes way up for them to answer that call. Um, or, Hey, you inquired on 123 main street, just so you know, um, we wanted to answer your question on that. I'm going to be calling you here in a couple minutes. If you can pick up, I'll answer your question and they'll try to text you. Hey, you know, can you just give me the answer? Hey, it's really too long to text back and forth. Can we jump on the phone? That's my style, but some people on my team just text, you know, for the most part. So you need to be good at punctuation because of that. <laughs> it right. sounds silly, but, you know, probably uh, pretty good at texting, throwing some emojis, things like that. Um, caring, um, you know, if they call a lot of outbound, they need to probably be pretty aggressive. You know, they they can't roll, roll up in a ball if and, and feel sad if someone tells them no, right? So if you have someone more outbound, they need to be able to handle rejection at a high level. I was going to ask you how important sales experience was, like somebody that like maybe is a salesperson at the, you know, the local furniture store or they're the salesperson at the, you know, the, the AT&T or the Sprint store or whatever. Does that experience help with being an ISA? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think the most experience is if you're a realtor, because if you've been a realtor, you kind of know what you would run the appointment, right? So if you have never been a realtor, it's hard to gauge if you would run that appointment or not. So I always tell my ISA, if would you run the appointment or not? Like that's you're not sending people on a wild goose chase of non-qualified people that you don't, you know, you don't want the agents to feel like you're wasting their time. So and you also not everything's gonna be a slam dunk. So you just need to kind of evaluate. Obviously, safety is a big concern. You need to make sure that, you know, you don't get the creeper alert when you're talking to someone and make sure you're, you're leading them in the right place. But if you're an agent, you probably know that at a pretty high level already, you know, where, whether you would run the appointment or not. I know you want to hear what exactly the ISAs do on Tony's team. Do they do inbound and outbound leads? Do they only work new leads or do they also communicate with past clients? What happens after the ISA hands over a lead to an agent? I promise we're going to go really deep into all that in part two of this series next week. But I also want to make sure 
we go deep into the hiring process now because if you don't find, screen, and hire the right ISAs, you're asking for trouble. You're going to be wasting a lot of time and money. And speaking of money, that's where our conversation went next. How do you pay your ISAs and how much do they make if you're willing to share that? But at least how, how do you pay them? Is it commission, salary, some sort of mix? Yeah, so we, we, do a, we do a mix of salary plus bonus. And, um, you know, I think it depends um, on where you are in the country, what the salary needs to be. For example, I was talking to a friend of mine in California. He has a team similar to mine. And, you know, there it's straight up six figure salary. If you're going to have an admin, you know, it's just the way it goes. Right. So, um, it depends on where you are. Um, so you need to look at your cost of living. And then my opinion is you want to pay people more than less. So you don't have turnover, you know, once you train these, you know, train the people and they're ready to go, you want them when your competitors are calling, trying to pick them off, you, you need to be higher because that or create more opportunity for them, right? Where they want to stay long-term. Tony, we have a listener community on Facebook and I put out a call there a few days ago asking our listeners, do you have any questions for Tony Baroni? We're going to be talking about ISAs. So uh, Maria Jante is an agent in the Redding, California area. She said, please ask Tony, what are his thoughts on in-house versus virtual ISAs? You obviously took the in-house route. Yeah. Um, I'm a big in-house guy. Um, just what I've chosen because I like to, um, I like to be able to customize it the way I want. And I think it has its challenges, not being in-house on, you know, how, how they follow the system. How do you track it? You know, we also do a lot of things virtually as a team as well. Now with the the pandemic, we went from a complete in-house office every day, nine to five to almost all virtual. So I'm not saying don't go virtual. I just prefer people in-house. I've got a guy right now on my team. And um, I mean, we talk every day and he's like, my gosh, you need so much stuff done, right? He has a bunch of clients, but it it inevitably happens where they're like, you know, well, maybe we should just talk about working together solely, right? I mean, because we're just that busy, right? And I have all these ideas I want to implement and I'm constantly trying to get stuff done. And they're like, Hey, I need to attend to this other client. So you don't have that flexibility when you're not in house. Tell me if I'm right on this. I have this idea that going in house, probably a better chance of success. If you have existing structure, existing systems, existing processes in place, if you're an agent, maybe a solo agent or you know a, t- a new team, and maybe you're not quite as organized with systems and processes and training, maybe virtual might be a little better way to get started. Yeah, I think it comes down to systems, right? And then training. So, so many times we point the finger, right? And it's like, well, so-and-so don't know what they're doing or they're not working hard, but they're not being led properly is what I've found to be the biggest challenge. So, you know, People need the training and the tools to be able to, to succeed and then know what the expectations are. And then you kind of have a game plan of what, a, what success should look like on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's the biggest miss. So whether it's in-house or not, I think that that's the biggest miss people have. You've got to have that stuff set up because you don't go in-house, you go outside 
and you don't have any systems, tools, or whatever, then there's no measuring stick for that person to know if they're doing a good job or not. And you, so you got to talk through a lot of the expectations. So I, I, I will uh, ask you soon enough. I want to. I do want to ask you about the accountability and how you measure their success. But let's uh, let's touch a little bit more on the training first because that's what we've been talking about. How do you train your ISAs? Is it the same as your regular agent onboarding, just that these folks won't be the ones going out to meet with the clients? Yeah, we uh, we have a 30, 60, 90 um, first 30 days, what they're expected to, to learn. Um, and we literally just check off the list, right? And that looks like videos of how our CRM works, right? That's part of the 30 days. Um, we want them to read this millionaire real estate agent book in the first 30 days, because that's really what our team's doing. Um, things of that nature. So we, and then before they're on the phone, if they're doing seller intakes, they need to prove to our director of lead generation that they know how to do the intake, not just once, but multiple times where they're like, they sign off and say, okay, you're good to take the phone call now. So really the first 30 days, our ISAs are not really on the phone. They're just kind of a fly on the wall learning. And then the next 30 to 60 days, they're in production. And then um, 60 to 90, you know, at 90, hopefully we're going to keep them on board and they're going to stay. And we both agree we're going to work together and move forward. So that first 90 days is sort of a probationary period to kind of a tryout. It is. Absolutely. Same with every position on our team is the way we look at it. Gotcha. Do uh, part of the training, I assume, is getting them up to speed on the various scripts that you want them using, doing role play, that sort of thing? Yeah, lots of script and role play. Um, systems, just understanding, like, here's, I think it's really important to go over always the why. You know, here's why we do it this way, right? Like, we call the day of the appointment to confirm the appointment because we want, to be set like a setting of a doctor's office of like that professionalism before we go out on that appointment, we want to confirm that day. So yeah, absolutely. That's Tony Baroni taking us through the process of finding great ISAs, hiring and training them. We talked about how they get paid, how they get onboarded and a lot more. I will preview part two of this series in just a moment. But first, let's do our takeaways segment. This is what stood out to me from today's conversation. Takeaway number one, the seed for Tony to hire ISAs was realizing the value of speed to lead. He heard Tony Robbins explain that if you respond to a lead within five minutes, you have an 80% chance of getting their business. And obviously, you need to set up your business so you can do that. Takeaway number two, Tony says you might find great candidates for ISAs in your sphere and past clients. He also used all the normal job sites and social media to look for ISAs. Takeaway number three, when hiring ISAs, Tony says they should be organized, have a good phone voice, be comfortable texting, and be able to handle rejection, especially if you have them working outbound lead gen. He also says it's great if they have real estate experience. So the ISA can make that judgment on when to pass a legitimate lead to the agents. Takeaway number four, Tony prefers hiring in-house ISAs instead of using a virtual service. He says he can train his ISAs to do things the way he wants them to do it. He can better track what they're doing. And he just says it gives the team a lot more flexibility. 
Takeaway number five, when it comes to training and onboarding, the ISAs learn all the same systems and scripts. They do all the role play and everything that regular agents on the team do. All right, coming up next week, we're going to go deep into the ISA's role on Tony's team. What exactly do they do and how do they do it? One of the key things we'll talk about is deciding which leads the ISA should nurture and which ones they should give to an agent. So here's a preview of that. So in my mind, if you want to do this effectively, the agent should be focused on 30-day business, maybe arguably 60 days, you know. But who, if you're a buyer's agent and you focus on buyers, who could buy today is who they should be spending all their time with. Everyone else should be nurtured by the ISA department. So don't miss next week's episode, part two. Hit that subscribe button so you get it automatically. If you have questions or feedback for me or Tony, a couple ways to get in touch. You can leave a voicemail or send a text. It's 415-322-3328. You can email walkthrough at homelight.com, or you can find both Tony and myself in our Facebook listener community. Just go to Facebook, do a search for Homelight Walkthrough. The group should come right up. As I said, Tony is in the community already. So if you have a question for him, something you heard, you want to follow up on, that's a great place to do it. That's all for this week. Thanks to Tony Baroni for joining me and thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. My name's Matt McGee, and you've been listening to The Walkthrough. At Homelight, we believe in real estate agents. We're on a journey to find out how great agents grow their business, stand out from the crowd, and become irreplaceable. Go out and safely sell some homes. I'll talk to you again next week, everyone. Bye-bye.